Hi, Kate. Welcome back to our podcast, Why Such a Fuss? Hi, Christina. Thanks for having me back. Great to be here. Great to see you. Thank you for coming. In your experience, what are the most common mistakes made by employers in the recruitment process? Oh, that's a that's a good question. So obviously, the Equality Act states that discrimination in recruitment and selection of employees is illegal and it is unlawful to discriminate against applicants due to any of the nine protected characteristics. So given that, I think that always needs to be at an employer's forefront of their mind when going through the recruitment and selection process to ensure that they don't fall into that. I think key with that is obviously being objective and consistent. Um, that often ensures non-discriminatory process. Um, I think having that understanding of the correct process is a great start. Um, outside of that, I think employers often hire solely for a culture fit, um, which obviously that is important. It is important that the candidate is going to fit into the business's culture and the team. Um, however, I think that it always needs to be a balance because obviously the experience and education can be equally important and vice versa. So you often find either employers will focus on experience education, the candidate could potentially look brilliant on paper, but then when they meet, there is potentially a culture fit issue there and perhaps the candidate wouldn't fit in. But equally, on the other hand, they could fit in brilliantly, but not have that experience in education. And that's something that businesses should then look to develop, to coach. And actually, if they can see the potential in that candidate, shouldn't necessarily just write that candidate off as not being successful or appropriate for the business. Um, but then flip back, obviously, if there is potentially going to be a culture issue there, you are almost setting the candidate up to fail as well, which equally wouldn't be fair on the candidate to bring them in knowing that they're miles apart from the current company culture or the team. Yeah. And are there any sort of interview techniques that an employer or a recruiter could use to draw out the information that is needed for the employer to then make the right decision? Absolutely. I think when interviewing for any role, it's important to sort of plan some key questions. So you've got that consistency. There, there is obviously you're being objective and you can um, then compare each of the candidates post-interview. Um, obviously, as interviews go on, there is an element of free flow conversation, which is great because then you get to know a bit more about the candidate and how they'll fit in. I think it's always, I always like to know a bit about the candidate, about their background. If they do have any relevant experience or education, that's great. But again, that shouldn't necessarily be the main focus. Um, I think having an understanding of what the candidate, um, what research the candidate has done on the company is great because um, that shows that they are committed to the company um, and how potentially they will develop and move into the role. Um, and I think in terms of the actual process itself, I think an employer should always follow, the, follow a structured process throughout the recruitment process. So in terms of advertising the role, reviewing the applicants, shortlisting, 
but in an objective way that you've got a short shortlist matrix or criteria um, to avoid any bias or discriminatory um, behaviour within that. And then that could then lead on to interviews, second interviews, assessments, um, to ensure you do get that correct candidate in place. Okay. And, and are there any anything that an employer recruiter should not ask a candidate? Do you come across any situation where the employer or the recruiter um, ask questions that they really either are illegal or they shouldn't really be asked? Yeah, and that, that is a question I get asked a lot about, um, a lot from clients when um, they are recruiting and I'm not involved directly in the interview process. I think employers and businesses are more and more aware of different claims that can be brought against them even before an employee has been employed by the business. So that is something that obviously everybody does need to be wary of now um, with um, candidates being able to bring a claim under the Equality Act um, for discrimination during the recruitment process. So really it's being mindful of the nine protected characteristics and ensuring that any questions that you ask during the interview process steers away from those protected characteristics so it couldn't be turned into something it's not. And that can be difficult in conversation. I've had candidates say, oh, well, um, I've had candidates dis discussing their children and holidays and different th things going on in their lives, such as religious or religious events or beliefs. Um, which can then easily be drawn into questions just on a friendly level, trying to engage with that candidate that actually could be taken the wrong way and end up with potential problems down the line for the business. Yes. So, I mean, common ones to avoid is obviously, are you, you going to have children? Any, anything sort of pregnancy, maternity related, that's generally, understandably, a lot of businesses want to know if that is in the pipeline because potentially a business may not want to take on an employee that is planning to get pregnant or however that is a definite no-no and should be definitely not asked within an interview yeah. um, with that being one of the nine protected characteristics there would be if it was to be proven that the that candidate was then not successful due to what should divulged potentially regarding plans for future pregnancy children um there'd be a lot of trouble Yes, I can imagine that. Uh, I mean, from from a GDPR perspective, though we're talking about obviously you know personal data, um, the recruitment process is where a lot of personal data is collected, whether it's through a recruitment agency or you know by the director from the employer. And at this point, things that are being collected are the name of the candidate as a minimum, their address or contact details. And the age, because obviously the employer needs to make sure that they are of employment age. But I see so many, instead of asking for the age, they actually collecting the date of birth instead of the age. Now, and the regulation clearly states that the, collect the collection of personal data needs to be necessary for the processing. So if it's not necessary, then you should that in the first place. So if you just need to know the age, just ask the age. You don't need to collect the personal data, which is the, the date of birth. And the other things that 
again, at this stage, there is a lot of collection in terms of disability or medical, because or even if you need to have the candidate to come over for an interview, there might be provision that you need to make to allow them to, to come to the interview. So that level of data is being collected, their qualification, their nationality, their marital status. And, you know, and some recruiters or employers, even at this early stage, in particular, if the application is online, they are now starting to ask things like gender, ethnicity, religion, etc. Now, you and I know that providing the information is totally voluntary. Yes. But the candidate might not necessarily know that. And they might feel obliged to provide the information because they might think that if I don't, my application is not going to go through. Because it's not freely given, then negates the consent, which is the lawful basis in this scenario for collecting that data. I think it's always a good practice whenever collecting this data, whether it's online or whether it's, you know, in a face-to-face application, is to really make it clear to the candidate that this is totally voluntary, that they don't have to provide this information in big, bold letters and make them understand that it will not be used against them for the application. It's just to ensure that the employer fulfill their equality uh, obligations. And I've also noticed that candidates are not always provided with a privacy notice at this stage. So they might get one once they are employed. So when they come into the organization, they might be provided one. Very often I see it in the handbook. Not always, but, you know, it's just quite generalization. So, but unfortunately, by that time it's too late because the privacy notice should be provided at the point of collection. So an organization might want to have multiple privacy notices, one for the purpose of recruitment, because the collection of the data at that time is for the purpose of recruitment. And then therefore, then once the recruitment is finished, and therefore they, you know, if a candidate has not been selected, then they don't need to collect that data anymore. And then another one, when they are employed, and it should actually be sent in conjunction with the job offer. It is not necessary to have the privacy notice as part of the handbook. In fact, it serves no purpose. What what the regulations is that the privacy notice, because it's about telling the candidate the purpose why the data has been collected. So there's no point in doing it afterwards. It needs to be done at the moment of collection. What I see in my experience with regards to to recruiting. So yes, it's really interesting to see the two sides of the coin, isn't it? Definitely. Do you think that's something that um, candidates are aware of their rights with that in terms of, as a job applicant, are they aware? Some are, some are not. Come across a situation where a candidate asks for it uh, at the time of recruitment, and some um, they, they they don't. Some they might be scared of asking for it because they think again it will it will um, count against them. But I think that going back to what we were saying in our previous episode, where. The employer needs to be transparent, needs to demonstrate their, um, how they operate, you know, being, being a, a, an employer of choice. 
by providing a privacy note at the appropriate time that demonstrates transparency, they are building the trust with the candidate. I think it works in their favour. Absolutely. And I think that's key throughout the recruitment process that that communications there, the transparency is there. And ultimately that will then increase that engagement between the client and the business. And then in turn, if they're obviously to be offered the job, help to build the connections and trust between both yes. parties, which yeah. is then obviously a good platform to move forward on. Yeah, and it's also a demonstration of a mature culture within the organisation. So I think it benefits all parties. Yes. As well as, you know, as well as sort of ticking the box from a legal perspective. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant, Kay. Thank you very much uh, for joining us today. And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. And I'll see you in the next one. Thank you for having me.